Let's get this crazy family started. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Spanish Arpada. I'm Sarah. And I am Peter. And we are ranking and reviewing all of the rulers of Spain from Leovigild to Felipe VI. And this time we are going to be reviewing Fruella I. <laughs> uh, now, is that, that with an F or with a C? With an F. Okay, Thruella. I was going to say, yeah, just, just, just making, I figured, but you never quite know. It's one of those, there are several, I mean, in English, we have these two names from the Middle Ages that, that didn't quite make it to modern times. Right. You know, right. In, in England, we have the ones that did, like Edward and Edwin, mm -hmm. and then you have like Athelstan, and you're like, mm, right. nobody's named that anymore. So Fruella no. is no. one of those. I see. Sort of like how in, you know. Starting in 1944, the popularity of Adolf just kind of dried up for some mysterious reason. Now, Fruella is the son of Alfonso I, who we talked about in our last Northern episode. Yes. And uh, we mentioned, or I mentioned at least at the end of that episode, that Alfonso I had a lot of kids. Yeah, too many for, for the purposes of easy inheritance. Well, um. yes. And I wanted to come back to that because Alfonso probably didn't think he had too many kids. Ah, all right. Now, we mentioned four of them, but from his point of view, he had two sons. He had an heir and a spare. And that's uh -huh. it. Oh, okay. Right? Yes. So he had Fruella, who was his right. oldest son, who he named after mm -hmm. his brother, obviously right. also named Fruella, who had mm -hmm. helped him conquer all of those towns that he did so well with. Right, right. right. That impressive list. Yes. A very impressive list, which we listed listed off. Mm -hmm. And then he had his second son, Vimarano. Starting Vimarano. with a V, sometimes okay. it's spelled with a B. Okay. Right? So okay. he had an heir, and then he had a spare, just in case. And mm -hmm. he probably didn't consider that anybody else in the family was going to be a problem Ooh, right so he he did have an illegitimate son which i yes. mentioned moragastus yes. it probably never crossed his mind that that was going to impact on the the royal succession in any way uh shut up uh well why would okay. you why well, would you you know uh, kings I... have been having illegitimate children for a long time and oh. it very rarely comes back to bite you yeah, that's that's certainly the truth of every play that Shakespeare ever wrote. Of course, um, but you know, it. Shakespeare's uh, quite a ways away at this true, point. True, true. And the other child he had was a daughter, Adosinda. Mm -hmm. Right. Right, yeah, and she was married yes. to a man named mm -hmm. Silo, but he probably didn't consider that this was a problem either. I mean, he did take power as a brother-in-law as mm -hmm. someone who married the daughter of a king yes but the situation in asturias is so different from pelayo's mm -hmm. time to alfonso's time alfonso right. has really expanded and strengthened the kingdom such that he just probably didn't even consider that anybody other than his oldest son would become king after him of course and he didn't even think about his nephews Right. Mm. His brother Fruella had a couple kids. He didn't even didn't even think about them. Oh, all right. Right. So and at the beginning of Fruella's reign, as you could tell by the fact that this is Fruella's episode, it seems like Alfonso didn't actually have anything to worry about because he passed away after a great reign of like yes. 
32 years. Right. He, we, we, he, he, he was a fascinating uh, example of somebody for whom nothing ever really went wrong. No, um, he had a, so, an extremely successful reign. Right. So uh, yet another reason why I think we can give him a pass for not anticipating disaster. If, if every morning is a winning lottery ticket, you simply don't imagine anyone ever going broke. Uh, um, and well, nobody went broke after he died a natural death either, because his son Fruella became king. And there it went. There was there was no no issue with this. All right. So Fruella himself was born in the year seven twenty two. This mm-hmm. would make him about seventeen years old when his father became king, and okay. he himself became king in the year seven fifty seven. So he was about thirty five. Okay, which is a good, good year to be good king. age to become yeah, king. Age. That is a that is a the hormones have settled down, but the arthritis hasn't kicked in. It's a it's a good age. I, I it approve. is now. Unfortunately, Fruella is not married at this point, so he has Uh-oh. no heir. Mm-hmm. And we'll come okay. back to this. We will oh, come no. back to this. Uh-huh. He was only king for just like a hot second, really. Uh, or he was in the process of becoming king when Abdel Rahman I shows up in the south of Spain and becomes, uh-huh. yes, becomes the emir of an independent uh-huh. Al-Andalus. Right. A lot of, lot of change with things over the hedge. The neighbors so are this, up to something. Okay. Oh, yes. So what this means is that there are quite a lot more interactions between Asturias and Al-Andalus than there mm. have been for quite some time. Alfonso, his father, got away with snapping up all these towns that were uh-huh. pretty much left undefended after the Berber revolt. Right, right. right. But now that Abd al-Rahman is king and he <laughs> doesn't have to worry about such petty things. Yes. He, the, every single campaign season, there were skirmishes between Al-Andalus and Asturias. Your dad borrowed all of my dad's tools and I'd like them returned, please. Well, no, that's that's we're, we're, we like those tools. We're going to keep them. Now, we mentioned this in Abd al-Rahman's episode, but most mm-hmm. of these campaign seasons were, mm-hmm. I don't want to say just for show. But they were mostly just, let's get the army out, let's have a couple battles, a couple of minor skirmishes, and whoever did the better of the two would go back home and say, yeah, we're awesome. It feels very much like professional sports. It Um, was very much like professional sports. Right. The the weather is, okay, it's spring, baseball starts, and by the end of the summer, somebody gets to say, we won. Yes. Um, Okay. So, So there was no real difference in territory taking right mm, the, the, mm. the borders did not really change despite the fact that they did go to war quite often right okay it's another thing that fruella has to consider that the previous Estonian kings didn't have to consider but mm-hmm. by all accounts he acquitted himself well you know he well, didn't he didn't lose any territory good and then of course there is the story of omar right so not too long after taking power we don't have an exact date the chronicle of alfonso the third is extremely vague on Mm. anything uh, apart from the beginning and the end dates we we got nothing in between but it's theorized that this happened toward the beginning of his reign Mm -hmm. there was a battle uh Mm. at pontubio which we still don't know exactly where it is but it does say that it was in galicia so this happened in in the west of, okay. Uh, Fruella's territory. Mm-hmm. 
Now, again, according to, to the Chronicle of uh, Alfonso III, which, I mean, you're going to have to take this with a grain of salt. Yeah, uh, you introduce a lot of phrase, uh, a lot of narratives with, now, again, this is according to the Chronicle, and I know that I have to buckle up. <laughs> right, well, this is what the Chronicle of Alfonso III says about this battle. Quote, Thruella fought a battle with the Cordoban host at Pontubio in the province of Galicia, and there he killed 54,000 Chaldeans. Whoa! Uh, Yeah, we'll stop there. That's a lot of people. All right. First of all, let's just quickly establish, not single-handed. Well, no. No, no, no. It was not him and his army and his host. That, but that's but please impo- note, that's bigger than the standing army that Abdal Rahman has. Yes, I was so... going to say that. My credulity is already strained, but if it were ascribed to him and him alone, the composers of the older parts of the Bible would have said, uh, no, 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 dial it back, that's too many. I'll continue with the quote. Please do. (laughs) He also captured alive the leader of the cavalry unit by the name of Omar, and in that very same place, cut off his head. Well, well, yes. All right, all right. So apparently by his own hands, he beheaded the the general that was in charge of the cavalry units. I mean... (sighs) This person may have been related to Abdel Rahman. Oh. Could have been his son, could have been his nephew. That's That's not good. No. Now, uh, the Christian sources say this. The Arab sources do not mention this battle in any way, so there's no Uh verification of this. Ah, ah, all right. Then again, you wouldn't really want to write about a battle in which your cavalry leader got his head cut off. No, no, I'm I'm sure that uh, the, shall we say, the Confederate history of the Civil War does not, makes a lot of hay over Fredericksburg and does not mention Gettysburg at all. Mm, Um, Probably not. Probably not. So he has that going on. Mm-hmm. He also, Fruella, during his kingship, kind of turns his attention not just to his southern border, but mm-hmm. to his western and eastern borders as well, because there's a lot of stuff going on there. Mm. We'll start with the western border, since I've already mentioned Galicia. Right. Yes. So Galicia is the northwesternmost province of Spain. To this day, it's still called mm-hmm. Galicia. And it had been mostly taken back by Alfonso the first, right? Mm-hmm. Most of the towns in the list that I gave you in his episode of towns that right. he retook are yes. in Galicia or in northern Portugal, right? Mm-hmm. Got it. Uh, Fruella not only has this battle in Galicia with with the forces of Abd al-Rahman the first, uh, but he also starts to repopulate in those areas. And this is very interesting because this indicates that he feels that he has a measure of control, at right. least over the coastal areas, which are yes. far removed from the no man's land that existed between north and south. Right. That we he was able that, to do this. We had had that earlier policy, I believe it was under Alfonso, of yes. we're going to pull out and we're going to, he, he, the sinister phrase was depopulate, but it actually did mean get the hell out we're not going to cover this territory for you anymore right so in in a lot of academic uh, analyses of this time mm-hmm. period it's called the desert of the duero el desierto right. del duero duero yes. being the river that formed the southernmost limit of the asturias's gains 
Scotch. Right. But even above this river, there was a whole bunch of land where they they pulled down the fortifications. Mm -hmm. They encouraged the inhabitants to come back and live, for example, mm -hmm. in Cangas de Onis or, or one of the more settled areas right. uh, for their safety. Mm. However, up to the river Minho in Galicia was resettled during this time. All so, right. It's, yep. it, well, that, that's that's a very positive sign for the way it things is a going. very positive sign. It yes. speaks to quite a lot of stability and mm -hmm. uh, control in those areas. Mm -hmm. That's the West, Galicia. Uh, then we have Asturias and Cantabria, right, which is mm -hmm. the main parts of the kingdom. And then yes. what happens to the east of that? Do you remember? Oh, I oh. Is this where Septimania goes bye-bye? No, this oh, isn't okay. Septimania. Oh, we have right. one more uh, province before we reach France, oh. and that is the Basque country. Oh, hell! Oh, yes. hell. Oh, no. So this is very interesting. What we call the Basque country, if we're talking about the current autonomous community of El País Vasco, is mm -hmm. three provinces. It's okay. Alava, Guipuscoa, mm -hmm. and uh, Vizcaya. Right. Okay. And these are historically the Spanish Basque country mm -hmm. and also at this time, uh, Navarra, which is another um, oh, province, okay. uh, are all considered culturally, linguistically Basque. Mm -hmm. There mm -hmm. are also three provinces on the French side that you can okay. say this about. Ah. Um, right. We haven't really been talking about them because none of them have been under independent leadership other than the the people that we've talked, the, the regimes that we've talked about already, right? right? So most of the Basque country, except for some holdouts in the mountains, were part of the Visigothic state. Okay. And at this point, most of the Basque country is part of Al-Andalus. Like Pamplona okay. is a town in Al-Andalus. Right, right. Right. Okay. Uh, but it seems like, and I don't think Ruela the first caused this, I think this was a pre-existing condition, that Alava, which is mm -hmm. the westernmost Basque province, was mm -hmm. already part of the kingdom of Asturias. Uh -huh. So there already were, even from the beginning of the kingdom of Asturias, some people who were culturally and linguistically Basque right. living as part of the kingdom living mm -hmm. under the Christian kingdom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, as we've spoken about in the Visigoth uh, episode, at, <laughs> uh, or Visigothic episodes, at least, the being culturally, linguistically uh, distinct, that can lead to rebellions. I, yes, there is, a, there is a pattern there. Uh, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. All right. So so this this is basically what happens during Fruella the First's reign. There was an uprising in mm. Alava, which is technically mm. part of the Kingdom of Asturias. So Fruella goes to put it down. Oh, so there. Yes. Okay. I guess I gotta. All right. Yes. Well, there is the question of why. You know why bother? Yes. It is the What's, best. Right. What is the what? What are you doing? Why? Why? But this also kind of leads me to another plot point, another thread that we're going to be talking about a lot mm -hmm. in upcoming episodes, and that uh -huh. is the Banukasi. The Banukasi are a group, a family. Banu means family. It's the same thing like Ibn, right? Oh, okay. So in someone's name, it's Ibn, and you say, you know, your ancestors. So Banukasi means the family of Kasi. Kasi okay. is a corruption of the word Cassius. Oh, they go back, don't they? You remember that, right? Yes, I you do. You remember Count Cassius and yes. his son Fortune, right? Yes, yes, I do. And 
Fortune <laughs> Ibn Kasi got uh-huh. married to Aisha. Do you remember this? Oh, Aisha being the daughter yes, of uh, Abdulaziz. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Well, oh, they go way back. No, so they, they okay. go way, way back. Mm-hmm. So Count Cassius's area of influence was like the Pamplona area, right. basically right. just south of the Basque country. Mm. At this point in our story, the head of the the Banu Kasi clan, as it is developing, is a guy named Musa ibn Fortun. Oh, right. Uh, so this is Fortune I've, and Aisha's child, and they've I, named him Musa. And they've named him Musa. So right. again, great expectations. Well, uh, he's actually not the one who will bring the Banu Kasi to its greatest height. That's going to be his uh, son, who is the unfortunately named Musa ibn Musa. <laughs> well, you know, given what we learned about Musa, doubling down on that doesn't strike me as the worst idea. It's never bad to be Musa twice. <laughs> exactly. No. It's not. But Musa ibn Fortun is starting to build the Banu Kasi as a powerful uh, power broker, basically, Mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. area. As a matter of fact, coming up on Musa ibn Musa's time and beyond, people will talk about the three kings of Spain. The one in Asturias, the one in Cordoba, and the one in the Banu Kasi region. Right. That's how powerful this is. This is pretty powerful, yes. It is extremely powerful. And so Fruela, faced with an uprising in Alava, thinks, well, I don't want to let them go to the Banu Kasi. No, no. That All right. Sound, sound policy. Sound okay. policy. So he goes to his east, over to Alava, over to the Basque mm-hmm. country, and he puts down the rebellion. Mm. Fairly successfully. All right. Another reason that I mentioned this, not just because I wanted to talk about the Banu Kasi here, mm-hmm. is also because as a result of this rebellion, he takes a wife. Ah! This uh... is a woman named Munia. M-U-N-I-A. Munia. Oh, right. I've got it. She is Basque. Oh, this is going to be awkward. So it's not clear whether they got married as part of a peace treaty Mm. or whether she was a quote-unquote prize for being successful in putting down the rebellion. It's not super clear. I mean, uh, okay. It is also possible that Munia is related to Fruella of Asturias. Oh, all right. They seem to be some kind of cousin. Mm, mm -hmm. I will read the quote from Ibn Hayyan, and then maybe we can puzzle this out together. So Ibn Hayyan is writing uh, many years later, Mm -hmm. uh, in 816, he talks about a man named Garcia Lopez, Mm -hmm. who was the son of a sister of Bermudo, and mm-hmm. the, the maternal uncle of Alfonso II. Okay. Now, if he was the maternal uncle of Alfonso II, that means that his sister had to be mm-hmm. Alfonso II's mother. Yes. Right. Yes. Unless there's another sibling that we're not uh, acknowledging. But yes, I, I think that's correct. Right. So if his sister was Alfonso II's mother, that mm-hmm. means his sister also has to be, Munia has to be this woman that Fruella marries because Fruella is Alfonso II's father. Right. Right. But according to this quote, this maternal uncle of Alfonso is related to Bermudo and Bermudo is Fruella's cousin. Uh Aha. All right. So they are possibly somewhat related. 
Okay, you know, and the horrifying thing is, given so many other possibilities, weirdly, bizarrely, the fact that there is potentially uh, uh, mild incest involves actually makes me feel better about the relationship because <laughs> it really, yeah, because it, it it makes it less likely that this was the enforced sexual slavery of a stranger. Wow. That it's that there is that there is a at least some element of we know each other or at least we know of each other there's 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 some kind of familiar i don't know it i didn't this is why people think that it was part of like a a peace treaty right because to to be clear i didn't say it made me feel good i said it made me feel better (laughs) okay (laughs) all right well, so so this is what Fruella is doing during his reign. He's, okay. he's creating stability. Okay. He's putting down revolts. He is keeping uh, it clashing. in the family. He's yeah. keeping it All in right. the family, and he yeah. does finally get married. Right. And uh, he and his wife Munia have a son who I've already told you is Alfonso II. Right. And then Fruella starts to get worried. Oh no. Right. So he has a son now. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Yes. But his son is a baby. And he yes. st- and he starts to think, unlike his father, you know, mm-hmm. I've got a lot of siblings and cousins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He starts to feel like if I were to die suddenly, which is totally possible in the 760s. It does happen quite frequently on this program that it does. you turn the page and then you say, oh, and he died. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he starts thinking, what's gonna what's gonna happen? Right? Mm-hmm. I've got a younger brother, Bimarano. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, two cousins, uh, Aurelio and Bermudo, right? Two male yes. cousins. Yes. My sister has a husband. Silo is right, definitely. It's... So he's, he starts to really worry about the chances of his infant son mm, in taking mm. the throne. Unfortunately, uh, he chooses uh, probably the absolute worst way to, uh, st- to go about this process. Of course he does. He I'm takes guessing. his younger brother, Vimarano, puts an arm around his shoulders and says, uh, hey, buddy, I got a room I'd like to show Oh, you. no! We're back to the room of knives and poison. Yes. So, Fruella um, I kills his younger brother, according to the sources, with his own hands. Wow! This oh. is where he gets his nickname, by the way, which is Fruella the Cruel. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, good. I'm glad that stuck, but at the same time. So his uh, father was Alfonso the Catholic, and he's Fruella the Cruel. Yes. Uh, The the younger brother wasn't, you know, some sort of doe-eyed child or anything. He wasn't. He was an adult with children of his own. And we know this because afterwards, Fruella said, well, first of all, afterwards, everybody freaked out. They were like, oh my goodness, our king is a murderer with his own hands of his own family. Yeah. What in the world? This is going to make Thanksgiving so awkward. And Fruella kind of goes, oh, crap. That's not good. Okay, all right. It's not going to be a sort of in for a penny, in for a pound situation? Oh, no, no, no. He backtracks immediately and says, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. I'm going to fix it. How? How? He decides that he is going to claim Bimarano's son, who confusingly is also called Bermudo, as his heir. Uh, That does not fix it. 
that no, it totally and, does. No, that addresses it. It does not fix it. Because now if Fruella dies, then Vivarado's line gets to rule. Uh-huh. Just not Vivarado himself, because he's dead. Oh, very well, dead. Yes, yes, he is. Uh, <laughs> Room of Knives and Poison has done its job. It has I, done its uh, job. I, okay. So uh, your reaction is very similar to the nobility in Asturias. They were like, no, this does not fix anything no it does not that's that's not better it's just different yeah Uh, it's it's still bad but it's just different so uh, and i quote from the chronicle of alfonso the third again not long after the lord giving him what he had given his brother fruella was killed by his own men okay yeah (laughs) all right um now i like that the lord giving him what he had given his brother it's 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 nice it is it's nice it's it's, um his own men uh are we talking about retainers this probably refers to the nobility okay um all right yes you are horrified by the killing are not willing to accept as you do Yeah. yeah uh then it gets even weirder what? What? Wait, how? Why? No. So Fruella the first is dead. This is yes, the year is. 768. He's ruled right. for 11 years and three months. Oh, that's not right? Which is not bad. Rule. That's not a bad life for a psychopath. Not um, a bad life right. for a psychopath. But um, his son, Alfonso, is still uh-huh. an infant, basically. I mean, oh. he might be a toddler by this point, but he's still a very uh-huh. young child. Right. And unfortunately, oh. we don't have the sources to really find out. But Bermudo, the son uh-huh. of Vimerano, is yes. completely passed over for the throne. Oh, no. We are not okay. sure why. Was he involved in the assassination? Uh, uh, was he just tainted by association? I mean, I'll be honest. I I, I hope so. I hope he was involved. Because, why? Well, because... Because it's an Inigo Montoya moment. I uh-huh. mean, why would I object to an Inigo Montoya moment? That's fair. <laughs> I mean, fair is fair. But anyway, what happens is that Fruella's cousin, Aurelio, becomes king. This oh. is someone that neither Fruella nor his father, Alfonso, yeah. even thought Wait. about for the line of succession. Who is this? This is the son of Uncle Fruella, the one that ah. Fruella was named after. So Alfonso's brother's son, oh. Aurelio. Wow, that is, we're jumping all the way around. Yeah, um, nobody thought that this was going to be a problem because he's over there being the Duke of Cantabria. Right. You know? That was fine for Uncle Fruella. Right. So why why wouldn't his son just continue? You weren't even part of this discussion. Why he are you not. here and why are you wearing that metal hat? Well, uh, he showed up and put the hat on his head and declared uh-huh. that he was king. Uh, yeah. And right. nobody really said anything about it, so that's going to be our next episode, Aurelia. Okay. All right. Wow. So that was the life and kingship of Fruella the First. Uh-huh. What did you think? Why I I am anticipating a lot of episodes like these that are going to be relatively short and action packed. Yeah, um, I think I mentioned um, when we went through all all of Alfonso's kids. I was like, yeah, they're they're a crazy bunch. It will not. Yeah. Get, it will not get calmer after this. Okay, I'm. I will make it a point not to get attached to anyone. Probably um, don't. But, but just keep in mind, we still have baby Alfonso. 
Right. Who is Fidrella's right. kid. Bermudo, who is Vimerano's kid, kind of disappears off of the historical record. He never gets to be king or anything like that. Oh, so that's a shame. Wow. We have Silo, who is Adesina's uh-huh. husband. We yes. have Moragatis, the illegitimate child. Mm-hmm. We have a re- cousin Aurelio, who is now king. And who we also have cousin Bermudo, right. who is going to be king. Um, uh, just for my own sanity, is that uh, Aurelio with an O or an AU? AU. Okay. All right. That's yeah, actually like what Aurelian. I wrote down. All yeah. right, figured. We are going Once to get again, through all of these family members mm-hmm. before we get to the next king of uh, Al-Andalus. Oh, God. Well, uh, okay, that's a lot. I mean, right. Abel Rachman did rule for a long time. 32 get... years. He was yes. on the throne for 32 years. So that's a lot of seasons of Game of Thrones. That is a lot of seasons of Game of Thrones. But we're going to get while through this whole while we're generation. On, yes, while we're on that topic, let me just say, why do we have to sit through House of the Dragon when we could be doing the life of the offspring of, of Alfonso the first. first. Yeah, I know. This is amazing. It's why great. are we not telling this story all the I, time? I'm not sure why. Mm. All right. I was going to say lack of records, but that makes it better because you can make yeah, it up. Make up. This is oh, all right. Fine. Anyway, let's rate him. Our first category is conquistadores. I almost said battleliness. <laughs> oh, well, yes, conquistadores. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, how much land did he conquer? Well, <laughs> I did mention that in all of his forays mm-hmm. with Abdul Rahman's forces, the border mm-hmm. didn't really change. I'm going to give him a little credit here. If you're going up against Abdal Rahman for a very long time and you don't significantly lose any ground if you're sort of forced into a consistent defensive position against a really great really unified opponent and you don't lose any ground you clearly know what you're doing yeah Uh, it's a really good side about the stability and the strength of the kingdom of Asturias right Alfonso obviously set him up very well but we're we're definitely looking at somebody who did not drop the ball we're a long way from eating honey out of cracks of rocks yes we are we're a very long way from that (laughs) yes we have the cutting off of omar's head and the uh killing of fifty-four thousand uh Eldians, which no did not happen but that didn't didn't happen no but Um, uh the the battle of pontubio was remarkable enough that the chroniclers chose to include it and then we also have putting down that uprising in alava in in the among the basques Mm. you know that that area could have very easily just gone right over to the banukasi or even back to al andalus Mm -hmm. so i mean he he's in the unenviable position of taking over from a great ruler he he's he's in that position where in a lot of similar scenarios the kingdom tends to fall apart right because because of that transition and and to his credit it does not do so he 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 it's obviously maintained its strength he once again is sort of using to as the expression i i used uh, a couple of episodes ago he's using his army like the like a public service like a public utility like a fireman obviously the borders don't expand though so no so we can't give him a hugely high score like we gave no. his father right no but um, we have to give him something. I would. I will. I will give him. I will give him a four. 
that's what I was thinking. Actually. Yeah, I, I I think a four is appropriate. By the way, I I am not gonna feel guilty uh, about screwing this guy out of points on a technicality. <laughs> this is this I no no guilt here, but fair is fair. So I and I think a four is fair. Well, speaking of that, let's go on to our second category. No me digas. Oh. What kind of scandaly stuff did he do? Well, all right. Well, let, let me just well. let me just make a list. First of all, <laughs> yeah. his nickname was Fruella the Cruel. Yeah, <laughs> he earned this nickname because he killed his brother with his own hands. Yep. The Chronicle of Alfonso the Third tells us two things about his personality. First, <laughs> he was a man of very ardent temperament. That's the first sentence. Oh, that's adorable. I already want to give him many points for that. Go ahead. And the second sentence is, he was harsh in his conduct. (laughs) Yeah, um... I if think that's ever setting you up it. on a blind date and they say, tell me about them, and you say they're very ardent. Bail. Mm, no, no. Change your I name have and move. an emergency text yeah. from mm-hmm. my dog. That's right. I, I have to go to Mars. Uh, <laughs> all right. right. So his he's not a good guy. Not no. a good character. No, no, no. And uh, there's the fact that I mean, okay. We've had kings and rulers before who have killed yeah. other people, even with yes. their own hands. They and have done Yes, that. yes. This I'm sure was... Leovigild did that every morning before breakfast. Yes, um... but this was so controversial to the powerful <laughs> nobles in Asturias yeah. that he ended up killed himself. Yes, yeah. Because... Uh, yeah, this this is a murder that triggered an assassination. It so did. It, that, that's, it that's was a that scandalous. This is one of those instances where the the the, the Nome digasness of him is the thing that started the, the the avalanche that cost him his own life. Must refer to the fact that he married a Basque who was his cousin. He did. Who, uh, who was his cousin? Yes. Under potentially, I mean, what's interesting is at the time the thing that everyone sort of winced at was that she was a Basque as opposed to probably. Didn't you sit next to each other at family holidays? And we don't uh, see that side of the family very much. No, no, that's that's weird. Your children are gonna bleed a lot. So, <laughs> it's only right. getting started. It is yeah, only getting started. Is is this where they start growing the chins? We got a couple hundred years before the chins, but uh, okay. you know, right. it's All it's right. a long-standing tendency. Uh, wow, this one is. And, you know, what's interesting is there really wasn't much of an indication that he was a loon until he had a kid. And, right. And, and then he just lost right. all of his senses. It was like, yes. I know the solution is killing people. As both of us, I think, can attest, when you know, when you have someone you've known all their lives and then suddenly they become a parent, it does tend to alter the personality significantly, either for the better as in the cases of a few people that I was convinced were going to come to no good, uh, <laughs> or very much for the worst, for the insufferable. Now, um, I'm going to hedge a bet here that this is the first one you've heard of that turned to murder. E- yes, but definitely not the first one that I've wanted to kill myself. Um, <laughs> just new parents. Um, so, so, well, and the point that I'm making is, a radical change of personality is always good for Nomedigas. Oh, it um, is. As in, you know, he killed his brother. Well, if the person in question was always a little 
record. Uh, that's one thing. But if they were seemingly had a had a pretty good head on their shoulders. Pardon well, he didn't Omar. seemingly, you know, um, one of the first things is that he's a man of ardent temperament. Well, there is that. That's true. Well, anyway, I got to score him pretty high on this one. I uh, do too. This is, this is, this feels like a, a seven or an eight uh, to me. Um, I'm going to go for seven. Okay. Then I will go for eight. Ooh. Um, if only because I have really missed the room of knives and poison. Yeah, um, this was a good I, one to bring it back on. It was. It was a very good one. I mean, just it's the it's the incest and the room of knives and poison and the fact that by being named for all the cruel, you know there was a lot of other stuff that the Chronicle just chose decided we didn't need to hear about. Mm-hmm. Um I, I, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, it's probably overly generous. And I know that somewhere down the line, I'm going to feel as though I, I, I overshot, but for now I'm going to go with my gut and give him an eight. Well, that gives him a 15 for Nome the U.S. Good mm-hmm. job, I guess. Yeah, this is, I mean, absolutely. Please don't come up to accept your trophy. We will mail no, it no, no, to no, you. No. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll post that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, our third category is Orthodoxia. Now, you might not expect a guy called Fruella the Cruel to score very well in this category. I, I would I would not. <laughs> but surprisingly, there are some <laughs> good things to say. Really? Okay. All right. So the first one is that Fruella and the clergy, the um the bishops and the like, had a mm. very good relationship. Okay. You know, he let mm. them get on with the things they wanted to do. He didn't meddle in their affairs, but he did do one thing that was super important, according uh-huh. to the author of the Chronicle of Alfonso the Third. All right. Let's roll all the way back to Witiza. Oh, wow. We are going way back. Okay. The Chronicle of Alfonso III is super harsh on Witiza. Yes, I do remember that. And the reason being is that according to the Chronicle of Alfonso III, one of the Mm -hmm. things that Witiza did was allow priests to get married. To get married. Yes. Yes. That was a big, yep. This was quite possibly something that was in the redacted 18th Council of Toledo. Oh, yes. I remember all the infamous, this didn't happen, 18th Council. 18th (laughs) Council. Correct. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. I'm just going back to my notes and I have bishops get married, three question marks. Yes. Um, So, yes. All right. So here in Fruella I's entry, the Chronicle Mm. of Alfonso III says this. Quote, he put an end to that crime whereby priests, since the time of Witiza, had become accustomed to taking wives. Applying whips to the many who remained in sin, he confined them to monasteries. Thus, from then on, it was forbidden for priests to take wives. Observing canonical doctrine once again, the church grew great. You're right. I was not expecting this. I was you were not expecting to, it. I was expecting this to be a very, very low score indeed, but au contraire. I also have one more thing oh, in yes, that please. he kind of sort of founded the city of Oveido mm-hmm. by founding a cathedral there. Ah, right. Oh, so the, yeah. the cathedral yeah. of Oviedo is founded at this time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Gotta, gotta, I mean, if... <sighs> I finally got my mosque and Alfonso got a lot of points for that. So I got to be fair. Right. Um, there were uh, also several monasteries that were founded. Oh, under his hell. Aegeus. Yeah. So oh, he's really good at this. He is oh, really good at this. Oh, yes. man. Uh, 
I oh so all right, we, all right. We do have to give him some points, even though he was such a terrible person. Yes, I, I mean this is th- this person is a monster. On the other hand, if history he, has taught us anything, it's very possible to be a monster and a good Catholic. Um, uh, yeah, we're going to meet uh, a lot of them. Yeah, this is this a is lot this of them. <laughs> right, you know that this category often rewards doing the wrong thing for the right reason, mm-hmm. um, and th- this is one of those instances uh, of, yeah. uh, of that. Um, I, I mean, he built a cathedral, whipped some priests who were breaking their vows. I mean, and was apparently quite popular with the with the clergy himself mm-hmm. uh on the other hand definitely did not as it were follow the rules himself oh no unrepentant uh, sinner there so we're not going to give him too much but but between the cathedral and the reforms i think i've got to give him a five yeah um, i was thinking a six yeah wow right okay there. all right all right so yeah I, I i will give him a five and you know, if you give him a six i think that's i think that's about right yeah um yeah, a lot of work here. Wow. So that's 11 for orthodoxia. I'm very confused. Yes, uh, I I'm, know. I have so many feelings. Um, all I don't right. think we've ever really had someone with the Conquistadores score this low. But right. Yome Ligas and orthodoxia, orthodoxia so high. The, No, this is really weird. All right, our next category is El Resto. What are the other things that go along with being a king? Well, Mm. I'm going to share my screen because we do have images. Oh, good. Because this is a... um... This is a Christian king. So mm-hmm. first, this is an illumination from that. Uh, oh. yeah, I, <laughs> I got to oh. tell you, Thruella the First looks really sassy in all of these. Okay, I'm not well, sure why. Yes. But this is that same family tree from the genealogy of the kings of, of right. Portugal, where we had Favila and the bear. And, you know, mm-hmm. they're all terrible drawings. And yes. and here's, um, this well, why don't you describe better. Fruella? Well, What's what we're doing? looking at is we're, we're, we're looking at the Fruella uh, post-assassination. He is on the throne. He has been stabbed sort of uh, upper. Oh, right in the heart. Just like... Yes, right through the heart clearly um but he is posed in such a way as I- imagine a spoiled sweet 16 recipient who has been told that she is getting the fiat she asked for but she's getting it in yellow instead of red that is the seriously disappointed slouch very disappointed just so disappointed everything about it it just indicates Pettiness, I think, is is really what I'm going to suggest. Uh, And if there's anybody who has ever been bored being stabbed to death, this is somebody who was bored being stabbed to death. Well, here's the painting of him in the Prado. Oh, good. Oh, good Lord. Again, there's a sassiness to this. this. Yes, there is. And it's not just because we've got the primary colors. That is that is a red, yellow and blue ensemble. It he's, is, but like his real... hips are kind of cocked to the side. Like, oh yeah, he is. Sa- he's got a. He's got a. He's got a little sachet uh, yep. in his stance there for sure. Also, the the hose and the shoes are just fabulous. They're not even. It looks like the shoes tie in the middle of the top of his foot, so it's not even right. fully closed. They on don't the top look. Of his yes, foot. no. Very it clearly does does not skip leg day or at least ca- calf day. Those are impressive calves. 
is that a shield that he's it is yes it's a shield. i think so that's a um, shield. which by the way if he can lift that that is a heavy piece of metal it is very thick um so so all things to i love the fact that he apparently has a i i, I want to say sort of a little little sort of belt of pearls around the back of his throne uh the yes, crown he, excuse me yes he does that's, he's got a little, little like that's train. again kind of fabulous and on the I table noticed... next to him you can see it says ovetum which is oviedo so that's oh. the cathedral that he oh. okay yeah, so that's gotcha. indicating the cathedral i'm not sure if the towel tied around his chest is meant to indicate that he's already been stabbed oh <laughs> oh uh yeah He's bleeding to death, but damn it, he wants this portrait completed. It, it is a very expressive, put it this way, it is a very expressive painting, but if you told me that the man that this is a painting of was nicknamed The Cruel, no, I, I would assume that there's, that some, that Cruel obviously meant something else back then. That Well, he wasn't important enough to be included in the marble set of statues that are in the Parque de Retiro, mm, right, but there is right. a statue of him in Galicia. Okay. Uh, since that's where the battle with with Omar oh, took right. place, it's sure. also quite sassy. Here we go. Okay. Oh, good lord! Oh. <laughs> uh, oh. So there's Omar's head. First of all, Omar's head is on the yes. floor, and Fruella yes. is standing on it. Mm-hmm. His hand is on his hip in a gesture that would make RuPaul proud. I will say the face is very cruel. The face it and the is. crown are very cruel. He does look cruel but but he looks cruel in the way that you know only a drag queen can tease you the way that you are most afraid of being teased and that is the kind of cruelty that we're seeing there um, i like the tops of his boots oh the they tops have of his little boots. faces on faces them. on them yeah um i will also say that the armor that he is wearing is sort of blended in with the the outfit it's the it's, cloak it's, yeah it's an impressive technical work um, oh yes i don't think it was meant to be a portrait of an admirable man in any way um, no you can also kind of see this is in a church yeah so... yeah um yeah no and and just to be clear to our listeners he is putting his foot on the decapitated head this is yes. not a this is a moment of pettiness not a moment of glory yeah p- petty kind of sums up all three of these illustrations yes. Yes. exactly it really is so all right uh apart from that mm-hmm. uh we know that uh fruella ruled for 11 years and three months okay he took power Again, in 757 it, and given uh, his personality that is impressive yeah, so um, 757 to 768. Okay. We know that he had one son, not sure if he had any daughters, but he definitely had at least one son whom he named Alfonso after right. his father. Yes. And uh, he was killed by being stabbed by his own men. Violent death. That's always Pretty fun. good. Nice. Pretty good. Yeah. So what are we going to give him for El Risto? Well, as you say, the, 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 the artistic representations are just delightfully petty. 
Um, both, both on the in terms of the work of the artist and the man they portrayed. So, so we've got even that eleven years. That's nothing to sneeze at. No, nothing to sneeze at. One wrong move in one of those campaign seasons, and Abdul Rahman would have just devastated him. Absolutely, absolutely. One at least one impressive battle. I don't want to overly reward him because I feel as though he has been overly rewarded. I also (laughs) feel like, in the scheme of things, he wasn't super important. Right. That's really what what it what it comes down to is i mean all right he killed his brother and in doing so the family tree is significantly altered but i don't feel as though that counts as much of a legacy i will give him a four mostly because i really like the pettiness um four seems very fair i'm gonna mm -hmm. do the same okay so that's an eight for el resto so that's a 42 is his uh total score Mm -hmm. good but not, great. not not the high reaches no, no, that no. we've been getting with Abdel Rahman and Alfonso. No, no, no. Uh, hopefully it is a score that will infuriate him in the afterlife. Yes. Um, he does not deserve to be happy wherever no. he is. Well, his um, ardent temper will probably see to that. That's true. But that leaves us with one final question. Do we let mm. him sign the Fuero, the medieval charter that kings right. signed with their subjects? Or do we um, tell him, Fuera, get out? I think this is a, a a no, but not necessarily a hell no. You know, the, he he's as as somebody who hung on for eleven years, as somebody who maintained the borders against a number of uh, incursions. We're not looking at a Tolga by any means. We're not oh, looking no. at, at, at 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 a loser, as it were. Um, but did he do anything? grand did he do anything triumphant no he was a horrible person with a talent for violence who occasionally applied that violence in a direction that was beneficial to the collective but does that make him fuero no it does not i will say fuera without regret yeah i kind of agree he he has a great story and he did a lot of stuff oh absolutely but i don't i'm not getting that like that sense of greatness and history right. from him. I'll, t- I'll tell you what really seals it for me. When he commits his most famous atrocity and is called out on it, he buckles. Yeah, he, uh, he tries. He doesn't do the thing that the great monsters do, which is, oh, you think that's bad and doubles down. He instead he 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 snivels. And yeah. I'm I, I absolutely not. No. Uh, Fuera. Yeah, I agree. So, sorry, Fruella, you have Mm -hmm. gotten Fuera. You must get out. Mm -hmm. Let us know what you think. Uh, We have social media and an email address for you to contact us. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Mastodon, and Gmail. That's all Spanish Arpada. Mm -hmm. And uh, we love to hear uh, any feedback about our Mm -hmm. episodes. Indeed. All right. It is recommendations time. Yes. How about you go first this time? All right. I'm going to recommend something a a little quirky. I am going to recommend, uh, this is a thing that has just been giving me very bite-sized pieces of pleasure for the last couple of months. Uh, It is a Twitter account. It is called The Midnight Society. And I'll just say it right now. Uh, This is is, uh, at 
midnight underscore pals, P-A-L-S. Uh, I'll repeat that at the end of this. And uh, basically what it is, is it is a, I guess I will call it a scripted Twitter account, which uh, features, the conceit of the Twitter account is that there are a group of kids, uh, think sort of 11 or 12 year old kids, all sitting around a campfire, having formed this group called the Midnight Society, and they are sharing horror stories uh, around a campfire together. But uh, the twist is that the kids in question are kid versions of Stephen King, H.P. Lovecraft, Dean Koontz, Edgar Allan Poe, and Clive Barker. Ooh. And it is the five of them, and it basically it is the the creator of the uh, the the account is just having the five of them comment on recent events in the world of horror and fiction and sort of striking that balance between their little kids, but they're also kid versions of their grown-up selves. And she, I believe it is a she, is having such a good time with the various personalities. Uh, Stephen King is that kind of I love Americana, gung-ho, gee whiz, let's just tell a cool story kind of guy. Dean Koontz is the baby of the group who only wants to talk about dogs. Edgar <laughs> Allan Poe is kind of the founder and trying to maintain order against all of these lunatics. H.P. Lovecraft is, of course, a stuttering racist that everybody is trying to shut up constantly. Mm -hmm. uh, and Clive Barker, who is the best of the five characters, is basically a cross between a dominatrix and the joker it's just it's very funny if you are at all fond of uh fiction uh, in general horror fiction sci-fi fiction uh in particular it's what it's also really good for is every so often new people will show up to the circle and you'll be introduced to new works uh in the genre so this this is a person who who has sort of introduced me to a lot of new writers plus which i also have to mention this author rips on jk rowling Nice. Every single week. J.K. Rowling appears to the group repeatedly. She is essentially Voldemort, down to the fact that she hisses all of her words. And the, the you know, Clive Barker in particular delights in tormenting her by pointing out that she's an awful person. Oh, and every so often, Mary Shelley shows up with a switchblade and a cigarette as sort of the terrifying punk goth character. So we we love this. Anyway, it's it's just delightful. Uh I I am following it. I was actually, when, when it looked as though Twitter was going to crash, I think the thing I was most upset about was that I was not going to get to see Midnight Society anymore. So I really recommend it. Uh, once again, it is the Midnight Society. It is at midnight underscore pals, P-A-L-S, on Twitter. Very cool. I'm going to have to check yes. that out. Yes. My recommendation is something that doesn't really need to be recommended, but I'm going oh. to do it. Uh, right. It is the movie Glass Onion. Oh, yes. It... <laughs> now, yes. the reason I am recommending it is not only because I watched it over Christmas break and absolutely mm. loved it. Yes. It is because I was talking with somebody uh, about my movie watching over Christmas mm -hmm. break, and I mentioned I'd watch Glass Onion, and the other person was unaware of what kind of movie it was. They thought oh. maybe it was like a horror or a thriller, and they weren't really interested <laughs> in that. And so I, I want to be clear. 
Glass Onion is a great movie, even if you haven't seen Knives Out, which contains one of the same characters as Glass Onion does, the detective. It is a detective story. Right. It's that's that that's like saying you have to uh, read one Sherlock Holmes story in order to understand another. No, you don't. They're all freestanding. Yes. So Glass Onion is not only freestanding, it is not scary or gory in any way. It is it is a it is a straight um detective story right there, and, is, there is an equal amount of violence in an agatha christie uh story correct. and arguably even less so yeah. yes so it it's really quite great i actually watched both knives out and glass onion uh over mm-hmm. the break because i somehow had never seen knives oh out. okay yeah daniel craig's character is just Ugh. delightful he's I having so much fun to, he's having yes a blast like this is what i wanted to be doing instead of james bond all those years this is what i wanted (laughs) yes and it's i think one of the reasons that i liked it so much is not just because it's it's clever and interesting and you're trying to find out who done it but there are so many isolated hilarious moments that just Mm -hmm. kind of go by Mm -hmm. and they're just so great. Like right. when everybody gets to the island uh, <laughs> and they all have their luggage and uh, Daniel Craig's character, the detective is like, oh, what are we, what are we going to do with luggage, our luggage, right? right? <laughs> it cuts to another conversation. And then in the background, you see the yes. robot dog <laughs> carrying, the carrying all the luggage. <laughs> it goes by in a quiet moment with and nobody no commenting one on it. acknowledges it. Yes. <laughs> I don't know just the way it looks I laughed so hard and there are all these like little gems in there or like when uh one of the characters is running through everyone's rooms to try to find uh some evidence and she goes through all of the guests room and then she bursts into a room and it's actually the room of uh, a staff Mm -hmm. member who works there and he's sitting there with a bowl of like Cheetos watching TV Daryl is the best character in the movie (laughs) and it it totally breaks up like the intensity of that scene right. and i i laughed so hard so it is on netflix which means that mm-hmm. if you have a next netflix subscription it is free mm-hmm. uh you do not have to have watched knives out and nope. uh i highly recommend that everyone watch it yes i agree yes all right so next time we are going to be reviewing the cousin aurelio who mm-hmm. uh who takes power uh, somewhat suspiciously somewhat Sketchily. unexpectedly mm-hmm. after the murder of fruella of asturias excellent so we Looking will see you then all right all right bye bye